Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Hello Cosmos Country, on this week's episode I will review the Cosmos 6-1 victory over Greater Lowell FC. Later on the show I will talk about the latest news on the United bid. So let's kick off the show by reviewing Cosmos B's 6-1 victory over Greater Lowell FC in the NPSL. Like I talked about last week, Greater Lowell FC was coming off of two games in one weekend the Saturday night, the night before, they played Cosmos B. They hosted a match in the NPSL. And then they had to travel for Sunday and play Sunday afternoon against Cosmos B at Columbia University. That benefited the Cosmos uh, because we had more rest. We have better players on the day as well. More resources or better resources as a club, even though Rocco has come out and said that we don't have sponsors like Fly Emirates pulled out. We're coming off of a couple of seasons playing professionally, and we have bigger names. That doesn't mean that we're going to win games, per se, like we saw in the U.S. Open Cup. But you expect Cosmos, Cosmos B to win matches because we have more resources than a semi-pro team, than an amateur team. Cosmos B won 6-1. Hopefully Cosmos B can keep on winning in their next match, May 24th. 7 p.m. at the Paul Catholic High School against TSFFC. My score prediction for that match is a 3-0 victory. I would like to know your thoughts on the upcoming match. You can tweet the show at First Team Pod on Facebook at First Team Pod or email the show firstteampod at gmail.com. What are your thoughts about the NPSL season so far? We have, I think I saw today, we have about five to seven more games left. So it should be a very exciting end to the season. And um, hopefully they can make it, they meaning Cosmos B, can qualify for the national championship and go to the playoffs and, and hopefully make it to the championship match. That would be a great event for Cosmos fans across the country and across the world. So we don't usually do this. But I want to sort of touch on this because we're on Cosmos B at the moment. We have a listener question from James, who was a contributor for our website, firstteampod.com. James tweeted at firstteampod using the hashtag AskTheFirstTeam. We're seeing some real dedication from segments of the five points and a handful of fans. What should the organization be doing differently to do better with attendance for the remaining home games? And I think this is a very interesting topic because, like I said earlier, the Cosmos are coming off a couple of seasons playing in a professional league. 
now we're continuing our B-team operations in the NPSL, in a semi-pro amateur league. What can the Cosmos as a club do to improve attendance or improve home games? And probably the fact is, is that they're probably not trying to do that. They're not having commercials. They're not on TV. There's probably not a marketing budget. There's no budget for anything. Um, or if there is, it's a very limited budget. So I think at the moment, the diehard fans are coming out and they're supporting their team. And I don't think the New York Cosmos, as a brand, as an organization, wants or can do anything else because there's no funding, there's no sponsorships, there's no interest in what's going on. There is from a diehard core of fans like me. I'm doing a podcast every single week talking about the team, interviewing people um, regarding the NPSL or Cosmos B. But in the mainstream, in New York City, in the tri-state area, no one's going to go see Cosmos B unless you've been there before and you support the Cosmos. So just to answer that question there is that what should they be doing differently? The answer for me is that they really can't do anything because there's no funding, there's no sponsorships, there's nothing that they can do to improve the attendance at the moment. Hopefully next season, when we're in a professional league, they can promote on TV, have commercials like we did last season, have billboards, or maybe have a street team like the Cosmos had a couple of seasons ago, and go around and be a part of the community, attend events. Uh, Maybe that's something that they can do right now, is that they can be in the community, like, I remember I went to uh, Steve Nash's game, I think it was last year. He has this charity match. I think it's called like the Steve Nash Showdown or Showcase or something like that. And uh, it's in Chinatown, Lower Manhattan. Every single year he has this for charity. He has this event in a public uh, park at a public soccer field in New York City, which is pretty cool. They have tents and they had MLS teams, NYCFC, Red Bulls. They were there. And I think that's something that the Cosmos can do right now, maybe, is just be within the community. Be at local events. Show your face. Have a tent. Just promote the brand. Maybe if it's not to buy tickets or whatever, it's just to show the city that you're there. And I think that's something that the Cosmos never did when they were a professional team. They weren't at these events that I was at that other soccer teams were at like MLS teams and I don't want to say this but that's what the MLS teams get right sort of in that sense is that they're at these events they're there talking to people and maybe some people don't know who they are or they don't know the difference between NYCFC or the Red Bulls or the Cosmos and you can be there competing with them sort of for space for airtime to talk to people so you can sort of interact with people within New York City and sort of explain to them about the New York Cosmos, about the brand. You can have pictures of Pelé, of the former players, and just show the history. You can have trophies on hand, right? So you can show off who you are. The Red Bulls have like a street team or they have like a skills soccer team. That's how they're showing off. But you can show off as the most historic team in North America, Sort of like how Bayern Munich did when they came here for the International Champions Cup. They brought all their trophies over. 
maybe some teams might show former players or they might have ambassadors so you can become a fan of their team. The Cosmos can show, hey, this is our trophies. This is who played for us. We drew 70,000 people in Giant Stadium. And I know a lot of people don't like how we sort of use the past or we use our history. But that's what makes the Cosmos special. That we have a past. That we have uh, big name former players. And we've won trophies. And, and a lot of people supported the team back in the day. That's what makes Cosmos special. And I think that's something that the organization has to do now and has to do in the future for people to know who we are and for people to sort of respect our club enough to come to matches, enough to buy jerseys and just have an interest in what we're doing. And I think uh, that's what the organization has to do to have more people coming out to matches and have more people caring for the club because in New York City... A lot of people don't talk about soccer on sports radio uh, in general. And a lot of people might say, well, they don't talk about NYCFC either or the Red Bulls. But they're there. They're within the community sort of because on uh, it, it used to be called the Boomer and Carton show. Their show was on TV. And uh, I think they had like a logo. So they have all the logos of all the New York teams. And I think NYCFC and the Red Bulls are there. They give Red Bulls jerseys to the whole cast, the whole crew of the radio station. So that's small things of being within the media, sort of promoting who you are. That's a small thing. They're not talking about you, but now they're going to wear your jersey and then and they're going to know who you are. So just small things like that in a massive uh, sports town, in a massive sports market, you have to stick out. Um, and it's very hard. You have mainstream sports and you have three soccer teams trying to compete for fans, trying to compete for airspace, trying to compete to be the best, sort of. So it's a very interesting topic, and hopefully we can talk about that in future episodes. Let's just move on to the last topic on this week's episode, and that's the United World Cup bid 2026. I think everyone knows my feelings on that. I've talked about that before. Um, I think I had a rant on the U.S. Soccer Federation, so I'm not going to go into a rant that much on this week's episode. But um, I'm just going to be here to state the facts and give you my opinion. And hopefully you can set in your thoughts and uh, we can sort of put it all together on next week's episode and have a discussion. According to the Daily Mail, this is a U.K. media outlet, the United bid are changing their financial forecasts on the hoof. In their bid book submitted to FIFA last March, it is alleged they said they would bring in $1.3 billion from ticket sales. But a presentation in Brussels earlier this month, they had upped their ticket revenue pledges to $1.8 billion. The average ticket price for the United bid is $428, compared to Morocco's bid is $225. The United States Soccer Federation is a money-hungry organization. They don't make decisions based on the sport. They make decisions based on money. How much money can we make doing this? A lot of people want pro-rel. I want pro-rel. A lot of people want this. They want that in U.S. soccer. We could have that if we had people who cared for the game in this country. That's a fact. The people that run the game, that run U.S. soccer that control the game, 
don't care for the game. They don't care for the success of the national team or for the domestic game. They only care for money. Why are we trying to win the hosting rights for the 2026 World Cup? The United States Soccer Federation says it's because we want to grow the game. That's just their public excuse. We want to grow the game. That's why we're trying to do it. That's not why they want to do it. They want to do it because they're going to make $1.8 billion just from ticket revenue. There's going to be $300 million from TV revenue if the United bid gets it. FIFA is not the best-ran sports organization as well. The FIFA president comes out and says that he likes the United bid and he wants them to host the World Cup. How can the FIFA president come out and say that publicly? Right? If that's in an interview, if it's not, it doesn't matter. How can the FIFA president come out and say, I want the United bid. I like that bid. That looks better than Morocco. The FIFA president is saying that. Don't you think that's going to change people's minds that have the right to vote on the day on June 13th in, in Moscow? And that's the sad part about U.S. soccer is that we can't even get the World Cup in a fair way. We're fighting against Morocco. We have our U.S. soccer president, Carlos Guadero, traveling around the world talking to members, to uh, FIFA member associations, trying to persuade them for them to join and vote for the United bid. And then you have this deal where if the United bid hosts, they get more money. So that's why FIFA wants us to host it. It's not because we're the better bid because we have better stadiums or we're the better country to host it because we have a much better infrastructure. Maybe we have better airports, which we probably don't, but maybe we do, right? FIFA is not looking at it like that. They're looking at it from a money point of view. And that's how U.S. soccer is looking at soccer in our country because they're not looking at the game and saying, should we put more fields in these communities? Should we promote the U.S. Open Cup? Should we have promotion and relegation? Should we remove the conflicts of interest? They're not thinking like that. They're not. They're thinking about money, 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 money. And that's why you have soccer not in marketing. And that's why MLS is the way it is. And that's why no one cares about what's going on with the NASL because they're all making money. Why would they speak up? Because they're all making money at the moment. But hopefully things change over the next couple of months in this court case NASL v. U.S. Soccer Federation and the other court case against all the board members that didn't vote for the NASL and hopefully things change over time. So David Kilpatrick, the Cosmos Club historian on Twitter at Dr. D. Kilpatrick. Follow him. Great follow. He said, what good is it to host a World Cup if working people cannot afford to attend? What's it all about? The rich getting richer. Spares the voodoo economics. A windfall will trickle down to the grassroots. Shameless custodians of the game do nothing but serve their self-interests. You have to have your house in order before you invite guests to come visit. Great point. And I wouldn't mind the United States Soccer Federation trying to win the right to host the 2026 World Cup if they said, all the money that we generate is going to go to the grassroots. I would love that. I would not fight that every single week on this podcast. The amateur, the semi-pro game, they need money. 
there's no other source of income for these clubs besides sponsorships and um, and just club or league deals. The U.S. Soccer Federation is making a lot of money. So if they would say, hey, all this money that we generate, $1.8 billion, that's going to be split up this way. It's going to go to the grassroots. I would say, yes, I would love that. I would love to see the World Cup be hosted here. But once again, it's for the wrong reasons. It's not for the game. It's more for the money. Making more money for the Federation. And where does this money go? Every single year, we're making more money. Before Sunil Gulati left, he said that he wanted to build a national training center. Now they're building a National Soccer Hall of Fame. And my problem with that is that why is that in Dallas? Why is the National Soccer Hall of Fame in Dallas, Texas? They built it like right on top of FC Dallas's stadium. What's the point of that? The National Soccer Hall of Fame should be away from a stadium. Should not be associated with one club. Should not be associated with one league. Do you see the Baseball Hall of Fame attached to City Field? No, we don't. It's in upstate New York. It's in Cooperstown. It's by itself. It's popular. Everyone wants to go there. It's exciting. But we have the National Soccer Hall of Fame attached to a Major League Soccer stadium. They should bring that up in the lawsuit as well. That goes to show you that why don't you build that somewhere else? Why don't you build that in Chicago? That's where U.S. Soccer's headquarters are, right? Why don't you build it there? But instead, they want to put it with MLS. Again, that shows you that they're... They're hand-in-hand. They're connected. And that's very sad from a soccer fan. And there's a bunch of us out there that care for the game, that want to see U.S. soccer doing the right things and not uh, being controlled by more money. I understand that it takes money to to do what they have to do. But why can't you worry about the money, be successful that way as a federation, and care for the game as well? Why can't that happen? But at the moment, it's not that. It's more... Money over sport. So we have one last listener question that comes from Paul. And he says, the deadline has passed. What is Rocco's next move? Hashtag ask the first team. What is his next move? Um, I wish I knew. <laughs> I really wish I knew more about what Rocco's next move would be. I think it's just wait for these court hearings to take place and see where things go from there. U.S. Soccer set a deadline of, I think it was like late August for uh, sanctioning for the 2019 season. So I just think it's work on the future of the NASL this whole summer, the lawsuits, and see what happens from there. And at the moment, Rocco submitted his his proposal to U.S. Soccer. They don't want to listen to that. They don't want to meet, or they do want to meet, but... Rocco wants certain members, wants the president there, wants whoever, and they don't want to facilitate that. So that's going to come up in the court hearings for sure, I guess. We just have to wait and see what happens from there. And I think it's very exciting at the moment because as a Cosmo supporter, I believe in Rocco. I trust Rocco because he has the right intentions. He wants to see independent soccer. He wants to see clubs compete like how they do across the world. We don't want to see conflicts of interest. And that's why I believe in Rocco to the point where I don't think he's going to give up because there has to be a way, right? So if it's a proposal, now we have two uh, court cases that's going to happen. And from there, 
something has to happen that will benefit the New York Cosmos and that has to uh, benefit independent soccer. A lot of people are throwing around this um, this way that you can sanction your league through the United States Adult Soccer Association based off of what Rocco said. I don't know for sure, but I don't think he will be up for something like that because he wants to be Division Two. Eric Stover said that he didn't rule out playing as a rogue league. Don't know if that's for sure, but I think there's a lot more obstacles to go around if you were going to play in a rogue league like referees. How are you going to register your players? I think they get suspended from FIFA because they can't play for their national team. Um, so in short, to answer your question, I think his next move is to just wait and see what happens in his court hearings and go from there. I believe in him and I know he will make the right decision on behalf of the New York Cosmos and the NASL and independent soccer. So thanks for tuning into this week's show. I really appreciate it. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at First Team Pod. Check out our website, firstteampod.com. I will have a article coming out real soon on this topic right here on the World Cup United bid. A bit more detail, some quotes from Sepp Blatter. We didn't interview him. The BBC did. So there will be a bit more about the United bid coming up real soon um, and on the ticker prices. So I give my thoughts and uh, the whole point of that is so we can have a discussion and we can exchange opinions. And that's what this platform is for. So you can email the show firstteampod at gmail.com if you have anything to say on what I discuss on this week's show. And as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Let's get the three points Thursday, May 24th against TSFFC. And we will be back next week once again talking about all the latest news. So as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. Borough Boys, I've been Del Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White. What we bleed, you see and fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely somethings come and see it and I'm playing. The fact of it is the rap from tear attacks, hash and bliss. Reacts, tap, we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's stacking the wing, holding back to stand through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fancy you grow down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you about the views. Like Shouting cues allowed to you without the dudes. Around my crews, I'll check the no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about perfection. The work's the test, and F's connected like a method. Not breathless after training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it, the work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.